You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Fourth hour of The Big Show here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? We install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. Cannot wait. Final week of preseason gets underway tonight. A couple games on the go. We got Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Indian Philadelphia as well. We go down that Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by Matt Marchese from uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. He's the new host of uh, an NFL centric show that we'll have uh, debuting uh, next Monday, August 28th. Right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan is on all Sportsnet stations. It's the fan check down. I'll be heard noon here in Calgary. Maddie, thank you for joining me. How are we doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Uh, before I, I, I booked you before uh, the big deal in Toronto yesterday, but before we get into the NFL, <laughs> uh, lay it on me. Uh, the Austin Matthews extension, that's a, that's a good number. I I honestly thought it was going to come in at three years. So I originally had three years, 13 million. And so I was just slightly off on the AAV. I think to get him for four years at that number is a really good bit of business by Brad Trilliving. And and here's the thing. If you listen to all the noise um, on Twitter, which you should never do because <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible place, um, I can almost, and I haven't looked myself, but I would think that there are a lot of people that are really upset with this deal because it's too much money. He's the highest paid player in the league, but he's not the best player in the league. Uh, it's not eight years. Like there will be plenty of Leaf fans who don't love this deal. But I think that when you look at, at this contract and, and Austin Matthews specifically, Austin Matthews is as much a business as he is a hockey player. Oh yeah. And Austin Matthews is trying to maximize his value and the money that he makes over the course of his career as he should. So I think that this deal it could be a little bit of a precedent setter here because Austin Matthews is now the highest paid player in the league. But in most cases, when these guys come up, as we know, uh, whether it be Nathan McKinnon or Connor McDavid or go down the list, whoever the, whoever it is, those are eight year deals yep. that get signed. Austin Matthews has said, I'm going to take my 13.25 per season. I'm going to play out this contract and then I'm going to sign another whopper of a deal where I get paid. 16 million a season, he's 30? 17 million. A season. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the, the way no, that's that good the cap age. is going up. Yeah. yeah. And the way that the cap is going up, I think that Austin Matthews played this right. As much as people don't want to agree with it, he played this right. His his representation played this right. They're trying to maximize the dollars. It's like I, I was having a conversation with somebody today. And they said they're talking about meritocracy in sports. And I said, you have to take that word out of your vocabulary when it comes to sports, because it is no longer a merit based contract system. It is. Are you a really good player? That's next in line. Mm -hmm. And it's happened in the NFL. We see Patrick Mahomes, I believe, is the eighth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I can't make an argument that he's the eighth best quarterback in the NFL, but it's all about when you hit the market mm -hmm. and if you hit it at the right time. And Austin Matthews, even though the cap hasn't gone up significantly in the past three or four years, uh, it will over the next three or four years. Exactly. So at, at the point. 
at the at the exit point of this contract for Austin Matthews, he will be underpaid by NHL standards. That's my prediction. Exactly. Within a couple summers, uh, he will no longer be the highest AAV anyways. It'll be Leon Drysaddle, and then McDavid will be up. So it's just going to keep going up from here. And it's exactly like this is good for the league to see these contracts. We're starting to see these players getting paid what they deserve because the NHL makes money. Yeah, it's not like like it was with the NFL, MLB, and NBA, but it still is a money making league. And now that you see the cap going up, you want to see these players get paid yeah and uh, it's funny because i saw i saw a stat i think austin matthews would be like the 103rd yeah. highest paid player in the nba <laughs> yeah we talked like, about that, is, that so so he's he's <laughs> underpaid by many standards um but yes the the cap is going up will hockey ever catch uh major league baseball or uh, the nba or the nfl no no but it's it's moving in the direction where what are we five or six years away from seeing the first $20 million a season player. I think yeah. that's probably where we are five or six years away from that. Yeah, we are definitely going to be entering that land here soon. Uh, now, now, what does this mean for, for William Nylander? You know, he said on the 32 thoughts yesterday, he's focused on this year. The team already has three now uh, guys with 10 million plus player, like three plus making 10 million plus assuming there's going to be a fourth with William Nylander. If he has another great year, how do the Leafs make sense of having potentially four guys making 10 mil plus. So it's a really hard one because I feel like William Nylander thinks that this is a bit of a win because he's going to say, well, you can't, I'm not worth $3 million less than Austin Matthews or $4 million less. But I look at the other contract that was signed this year, guys around the same age point production has been right around the same. The difference is, is that the guy who signed the extension is the center and William Nylander's not, and that's mm -hmm. Sebastian Ajo, and yeah. he came in under $10 million. So I can't see how William Nylander's camp looks and says, well, we deserve 10 Um, because he's still not putting up Mitch Marner numbers yeah. either. So that's part of the equation as well. I think that they play out this situation with William Nylander. I think they play it out in a sense that they're going to maybe decide between Tyler Bertuzzi and William Nylander on who gets the extension. That's where I think mm. that this is heading because Tyler Bertuzzi's AV is going to come in a lot lower than William Nylander's and Tyler Bertuzzi brings something that, well, let's face it. They don't really have no. an abundance. So I, I think that if I, if I'm Brad for living, I'm playing out this season with these guys. The key was to get Austin Matthews mm -hmm. and his extension done. The William, not that William Nylander is not an important piece. Cause I really like William Nylander, but I think that getting the, the Matthews extension done takes away some of the noise surrounding the Toronto Maple Leafs and the and the William Nylander stuff. If he's not worried about his contract, then the rest of the fan base shouldn't be either. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, one more on the Leafs. Uh, over these next few four years here, do they need to at least get to a cup final? Oh, boy. They should have got to a cup final 30 years ago. It feels um, like it. They, yeah, they... <laughs> they uh, I would say... You know what? They need to win a Stanley Cup. Okay. That that's what it, it has to be. Because, you know, it's one thing to to say, like, oh, you know, we get to a, a conference final or we get to a Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got so close. Yeah. But then there's no guarantee that you're getting back there. Exactly. We've seen that. Uh so they they need to win a Stanley Cup in the four years because if they don't, I can't imagine a situation where Austin mm -hmm. Matthews after these four years is back unless the Leafs can offer him again. Hey, you're going to be the highest paid player in the league. I just don't, I don't know where winning comes into all of this with these players today. And I'm just yeah. not a slight. It's just the money is so big and so much that I just, it's hard for it's all me about to situation. determine what's, 
Exactly. And what is important? Making money is important. Yep. Is winning a Stanley Cup important? Sure. But is it more important than making, you know, as much money as you can? I'm not sure. Probably not anymore. Yeah, it just doesn't feel it like might they, not be. Yeah, these players just they, they feel like they're they're they they are a commodity. They're independent con- contractors. They have to do what's best for themselves. And I know that sucks because you're we're all in it's a team sport and everybody's got to pull their own way. But just the way the sports landscape has changed over these last few years is it's all about trying to cash out before your body fails you. It is, and that's why I say in every sport, uh, make as much money yeah. as you can because for some of these guys, it's a short window. So. Uh, and for us, it's like, oh, do you really need an extra million? Well, I don't know. Maybe they do. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I don't have that. We don't know their situation. Problem. Yeah. I don't have that problem. Yeah. So I and I will never have that problem. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, we'll park the Leafs now. We'll, we'll talk about your new gig this fall. The fan check down. Uh, it'll be debuting, like I said, Monday, August twenty eighth, uh, noon here in Calgary. How excited are you uh, to bring NFL Radio to to Canada? I'm super excited because I feel like this has been a long time coming. Uh, the NFL is just such a, it's such a juggernaut. Oh, it's a machine. Uh, whether it be gambling or fantasy or just sheer TV numbers. Uh, and that's not even including the Super Bowl. Just, just the excitement level surrounding the NFL is, it's massive. And, and my co-host and I, Donovan Bennett, mm-hmm. are, are really looking forward to breaking the NFL down, uh, there will be lots of analysis. There will be some hot takes. I'm sure there will be um, some, you know, we will talk about some fantasy stuff a little bit here mm-hmm. and there, some gambling stuff, but all in all, it's going to be a really fast paced show. We're only on for an hour. And as you know, there's a lot to talk oh, about yeah. when it comes to the NFL. So it's going to move really fast. And, and I, and I tell people, you know, if you, if you can't listen live, subscribe to the podcast, you can go to uh, the sportsnet.ca uh, slash 590 slash 960 slash 650. And, and the podcast information is there across uh, all your favorite podcast platforms. It's going to be fun. Uh, we've done some test shows. They, they, I'm, I'm biased. They sounded really good, uh, but, uh, but I think we're in for, for a lot of fun. And there's one thing about the NFL is that it is never short on news and nope. storylines. And I don't anticipate that this year is any different. No, it's a league that's uh, pretty much a 365 type thing now. Even though it only plays for about four or five months, it's a, it's a year round thing. And like I mentioned off the top, it's two weeks from tonight. Uh, the 2023 season will begin in Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, the Chiefs raising their Super Bowl 57 banner against the Lions. Are the Chiefs, you think, still the team to beat in the AFC, or does a team maybe just a few kilometers south of you have something to say about that? Oh, yeah, and there's the Bengals as well. Yeah, it's it's funny because I the Chiefs kind of do feel a little bit like the Patriots did for a while mm. in that, you know, just when you think you're going to count them out, they continued to win mm-hmm, and as somebody mm-hmm. who who is a fan of the buffalo bills i watched that juggernaut for a long long time destroy the afc east but what i will say is this chris jones is still holding out uh defensive lineman for the mm-hmm. kansas city chiefs and in the preseason they have been able to generate basically zero pass rush chris jones is worth every penny that they will eventually pay him but he's talked about sitting out until week eight yep. and and i looked at their schedule over the course of the first eight weeks of the season. And I'm telling you, if Chris Jones sits out those games, there's going to be a conversation about, we need to get him in here faster than that. They play 
And these are the offense and the quarterbacks that they will play. They will play Detroit and Jared Goff, Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, Chicago and Justin Fields, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. They will play the Broncos and whatever you think of Russell Wilson twice. And they will play Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers in those eight weeks. If you cannot generate a good pass rush, not that I don't have any faith in in their offense mm-hmm. because I do, but that makes the game a lot more difficult when you can't get stops because if uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's a couple of good quarterbacks in that grouping. So I, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the team to beat until they're not. Yep. And I think that the Bills, I think the Bills have the best balanced roster. I think they're more balanced than KC, but KC is experienced. KC. Uh, was healthy, generally speaking, last year. The Bills were far from that. And the Bengals are still the Bengals. We'll see what how how healthy Joe Burrow is coming off that calf injury that he sustained a, a few weeks ago, or I guess it's a couple weeks ago now. And, and that will be a determination on their start because everybody wants to talk about the AFC East and how good it is, and I agree, it's very good. But nobody is talking about, or at least not talking enough about how good the AFC North is. The Bengals, mm-hmm. the Ravens, the Browns and the Steelers, because we could say what we want about the Steelers and Kenny Pickett in his second year and all that. Mike Tomlin only wins. So they've never finished last in that division since they exactly yeah, in 2002 when they changed, they never finished last. So, so this is where I, I look at that and say the Bengals don't have an easy out this year. They've got to play their division rivals six times. And you could, you could make the argument that they go three and three yeah. in those games. And that completely changes the conversation because when you're a top dog in a division, that means your schedule gets a lot harder. And I think that there's, I think that there's a lot of parody in the AFC. It's going to be really tough to determine who gets into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like, I would say four or five really good teams that I could see winning the Super Bowl in the AFC, but just like there's probably a handful, at least 10, 11 teams that can make the playoffs. It, it's an absolutely loaded conference, and, and they've seen that with with uh, with another quarterback's, quarterback leaving the NFC. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers heading to the New York Jets, uh, the Jets have obviously had the, the most noise this offseason with uh, bringing in a future Hall of Famer. Uh, we've seen him on hard knocks, of course. But how will the Aaron Rodgers-led Jets do this year? Of course, they've got a lot of offensive line issues, and, and you need to keep that guy upright. They have the offensive line issues. People have talked about the distraction and how Aaron Rodgers is used to playing in Green Bay, and you know it's not it's not New York. Um, I, sorry, like I take guy. that back. It's not New Jersey. Yes. it's not. They're not in New York. <laughs> they're, they're in New Jersey. There's only one team in the state of New York, yep. and that is the Buffalo Bills. I always <laughs> remind people of that. But I, I, he's got really good weapons. Alan Lazard still had a quietly had a really good season last year. He got paid this year by the Jets. They have Garrett Wilson, who's a star. Um, they they brought in Dalvin Cook, who, mm-hmm. I mean, hot take for me. I think he's kind of washed. I still think Brees Hall is the guy there. But they have talent. But that talent doesn't matter if you can't keep your quarterback upright. Mm-hmm. We saw the issues that Green Bay had last year keeping Aaron Rodgers upright because the offensive line wasn't very good. The receiving core was very young and inexperienced. So, so there is that factor in there. Here's the other thing. Aaron Rodgers is not young. No. And I be 40 and, this and year. There is and they, yeah, and there are some, you know, there is a there is an age curve here. We're all finding that out at different points in our lives, but there's an age curve here. Here's the only thing that I look at and say there's obvious optimism because you're bringing in a future Hall of Famer, but if the Jets had 
any sort of competent quarterback play last year, mm-hmm. they would have made the playoffs. Their defense is that good, and their defense will be able to put Aaron Rodgers in good field position. They'll be able to put him in good situations. They may even be able to bail him out here and there. So I think that the Jets are a playoff team. I think that Aaron Rodgers still has some magic left in the tank here. I, I I don't think the Patriots are a playoff team. I think that's a pretty easy one. The Dolphins are kind of on the border because, again, much like the Jets, if they can't keep their quarterback upright mm-hmm. and actually on the field, they're going to have the same fate. And they were a playoff team last year. Yep. But again, the higher you finish in the division, the harder your schedule gets. So I think that the Jets are second best in the division. I still think the Bills are the best team. In that division, I know I'm biased, but I think that's pretty standard across the board. And I think Miami's third. Um, But it's going to be a heck of a fight. It's certainly not an easy out whenever you're playing. It feels like anybody in the AFC right now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's just a disgusting conference with full of talent. Uh, and it just doesn't stop. And like with the with the Dolphins there, I, I think they still could be a playoff team, though. That Jalen Ramsey injury uh, will definitely hurt them defensively. Uh, we're talking with uh, Matty Marchese, uh, host of the Fan Checkdown. You'll be able to listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan starting Monday at noon. Uh, trying to gauge who's the third best team in the NFC. It's been tough. I've gotten a couple votes this week. I've, I've heard the Lions. I've heard the Vikings. I've heard the Seahawks. I've heard the Cowboys. In Matt Marchese's eyes, who might be the third best team in the NFC that could possibly unseed the Eagles or Niners and get to an NFC championship? Oh boy. Um, the Seahawks are kind of right there. I really love what they have on offense and, and they added more pieces for Geno Smith. And granted, uh, Ken Walker's banged up. I understand that Jackson and, and Smith, Smith and Jigba and Jigba is, yeah. is back. He's banged up too. And it looks like week one is a long shot for him, yeah. but uh, it's only week one. Yep. There's lots of time left. The Detroit Lions are super interesting to me because there's, they've improved their defense. They've improved their secondary, which was much needed because their defense was just horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, it also made for very exciting games to watch last year involving the Lions. But here's what I will say about the Detroit Lions and, and playing under Dan Campbell. There was a lot of jokes about Dan Campbell and how, you know, how is this guy going to run an <laughs> NFL team and all that. And guess what? The Detroit Lions, they play for Dan Campbell. We can say whatever we want. They play for Dan Campbell, and they do not give up. Um, It's kind of hard to bet against them, and and in part because I think that the NFC is just so weak. Like Outside of the NFC East, uh, which has three potential playoff teams, the Giants, they may take a step back because of the tougher schedule. I don't think Washington's going to get in. I think that's a pretty safe bet. The NFC West, the Rams aren't very good. Um, they don't have a ton of talent. They have a really young roster and not a lot of high picks. And you don't know how Stafford's roster. health is going to be now. Exactly. And Cooper Cup had the hamstring issue early in camp. The Cardinals absolutely suck. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Um, so the Seahawks have a benefit there. The NFC North is interesting because I do think the Vikings were a flawed playoff team yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I, their defense was not very good. It's not gotten much better. Um and so, so there's that as well. I know I'm kind of rambling here, just kind of going through it. The NFC South is also pretty horrible. <laughs> so I, I think, I think it's in part, I think it's kind of the Lions by default, just because they're super fun to watch. For one thing, they have a really good offense, and I think that they've really improved their defense. For me, it's kind of a toss up between. Um, between the Lions and the Seahawks okay. and honorable mention to the Cowboys, but only because 
I'm really, I don't have a lot of faith in Mike McCarthy, especially calling mm-hmm. the plays for this offense. Them letting Kellen Moore go was the absolute worst mistake that they could have made. And I'm sorry, but that, that was a, that was a bad move. And there's a very good chance that Mike McCarthy is not the head coach of this team next year. Yeah, no, I think that this is a do or die year for Dallas. And who knows if Dak Prescott can maybe half his interceptions and make those touchdowns, I think who knows, but again, this, this Dallas team is, is a complete enigma when it comes to them playing in the playoffs, they just they just don't know how to how to do it. It seems uh, staying in San uh, we'll stay in San Francisco for a little bit here. Brock Purdy, he's the guy. Uh, the staff loves Sam, Sam Darnold. He's their backup, uh, leaving Trey Lance as the third stringer now. Now the Niners uh, they traded up to twelve to three to get that guy a few years ago. Uh, what do they do with with Trey Lance? Where does this this thing go here? Because obviously you don't see this often. Teams trading up that high in a draft and still stay as contenders. The Niners are a, are a wagon, and they have Trey Lance as their backup. What do they do with this guy? I, I think the only way to, to make this situation right is to move Trey Lance somewhere else and get whatever you can for him, because his value at this point is obviously the lowest yep. uh, that it's been throughout his career. But you know what's funny? Like, you mentioned Sam Darnold, you mentioned Brock Purdy, and we can go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And there, and when we mentioned Trey Lance in that conversation, they don't you mix. Can do the, they don't fit. Yeah, you could you could very well do the uh, one of these isn't yep. like the other, and that being that Trey Lance is a totally different quarterback than any of those guys. It, it, it's such a weird situation because it's almost like Jimmy Garoppolo went to two straight NFC Championship games. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if it Almost was won a Jimmy Super Bowl Garoppolo's too. fault. Yes, and it's not <laughs> as if Jimmy Garoppolo, it was his fault. So the thought to go to an entirely different style of quarterback, it didn't make a lot of yeah, sense no. to me. And part, and part of this problem is it's the Josh Allen effect on the draft and how QBs are evaluated. There wasn't a ton of tape on Trey Lance because he didn't play a lot. In COVID college. messed the it COVID up. COVID year yeah. totally screwed him up. He didn't get the playing time. But also, there is this. there was this notion for the longest time that if you threw for under 60%, you weren't an accurate quarterback in college football. And I don't know exactly what Trey Lance's numbers were, but there was a skill set there. If you didn't have those numbers, you would not succeed in the NFL. Nope. Josh Allen blew all of those out of mm-hmm. the water, which is why we've seen Trey Lance, which is why we've seen Anthony Richardson really start to, you know, move up in, in draft boards and then get drafted as high as they, yeah. as they did. The difference is Anthony Richardson played in the sec. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance did not. FCS. So that's, so that's, yeah, exactly. And that's part of the conversation here is it's the ego with these coaches and general managers like, oh, I can make that guy's got raw arm talent. I can make that yeah. guy into something. Well, guess what? There is a long littered road of quarterbacks with great arm talent that didn't make it. Jamarcus Russell being at the top mm-hmm. of that list. Now, we have more information on players now than we ever have. But to miss like that, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, if you look at the players that were dealt, like the picks and what they ended up becoming, uh, one of them was used in a trade for Tyreek Hill. Another was used in a trade for Bradley Chubb. Another was used in a trade to move up to get Jalen Waddell. Those are three (laughs) really good players. And you could imagine where the San Francisco 49ers would be if they had those guys in their lineup. Now, could they afford them? Well, no. But uh, it's a testament to how well that roster is built. And maybe Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch will look at it and say, 
maybe we just need a guy to stand in the pocket yep. because of the way that that Kyle Shanahan designs offenses and we'll be just fine. And that's what it looks like they're going to be with Brock Purdy. It's just it's I, I somebody asked me today what I thought about, you know, when we look back at that Trey Lance trade for me, that's that's maybe one of the worst trades in NFL history. <laughs> Yeah, and it and it's to a team that's uh, a Super Bowl contender, and they're not uh, seemingly not going to stop. Yeah, uh, one more for you, Maddie. Uh, the uh, the Indianapolis Colts have given Jonathan Taylor's camp until Tuesday to find a trade. Colts looking for a first or at least picks that match the equivalent of a first rounder. Six teams, I guess, have engaged so far. Two have submitted offers. Do you think JT gets his wish out of Indy uh, by Tuesday? It's such a tricky situation because when you look at it, he wants an extension. Yeah, of course, but. I don't see a team at this juncture no. saying we will trade and give you the extension. It's going to be, we will make the trade. You will play out the contract and see now does Jonathan Taylor play that contract out, out of spite against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I guess it's possible, but I also don't see a team paying that price mm -hmm. for a running back at this point in the off season. Like, I mean, off season we're in the season, but you know what I mean? Before yeah, yeah. the regular season starts. I I can't imagine a scenario where Jonathan Taylor is not a member of the Indianapolis Colts. Like he better figure out how to play nice in the sandbox, have a good year, and then you have something to go off of. Exactly. He's coming off of a year where he was banged up. He was, you know, he didn't play a lot. And when he did, he was hurt. And the offensive line didn't do him any favors. Like there are a lot of factors here that tells me that Jonathan Taylor should not be the guy trying to sit out looking for a new deal, have another really good year yep. and then go from there. I understand the plight for running backs and how, you know, they want to get paid and they, they deserve to get paid. And, and I understand all that, but the game has changed. So mm -hmm. you better figure it out that you've got to play out this contract and you've got to be absolutely excellent. If you want to get that next contract and have it be a, a decent sized one, because we've seen Saquon Barkley didn't get the big deal. Christian nope. McCaffrey is the highest paid running back at $16 million. Wow. And then there's a bit of a drop off after that. They don't have the same shelf life as wide receivers. They don't have the same impact as quarterbacks. And these teams will just run them into the ground for the first four years of their deals, their rookie yep. deals. And then they kick them to the curb. Look at and Josh. Jacobs still doesn't have a deal. <laughs> exactly. Because it is cheap yep. and they're not stupid. So Jonathan Taylor, I, I would be very, very surprised if he wasn't a member of the Indianapolis Colts. But that's just me. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, can't wait uh, for the season to begin. A couple weeks now, Maddie. I'm sure we'll talk to you and DB throughout the year. Uh, all the best this year with the show, and uh, uh, we'll talk again soon, buddy. Thanks a lot for having me. Really appreciate it.